Welcome to the Martial Arts Business Podcast, helping martial arts club owners grow, develop, and scale their schools with marketing, retention, systems, staff, branding, social media, and much more, giving you the tools and skills to become a black belt in business. Here's your host, three times world martial arts champion, award-winning school owner, successful business coach, and number one best-selling author, Gordon Bircham. Hi and welcome to the Martial Arts Business Podcast. My name's Gordon Bircham and today I am joined by a very special guest. Um, I do like doing um, interviews with different martial artists and um, business owners and I thought it'd be kind of cool to interview another fellow podcaster. And yeah, that's today cool. We've got um, the awesome Chris Jones. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm great, Gordon. How about you? Me, I'm good. I'm getting over uh, I quite a severe illness. That's not yeah. me for six. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been full on at it since Christmas. And um, I, think it, um, I think it hit me from the side, like uh, when I was feeling right at my best as well, which was a bit of a shame. Um, but you know, it, it happens sometimes. So I'm, um, I'm getting over. It's probably going to take me another week. I think I can feel that like my body's not right yet. But that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what happens. That's it. Bad. How about yourself? How are you doing? What's going on in your world? I'm great. Thank you very much. Yeah, keeping busy. It's that busy time of the year for many school owners. Um, you know, uh, that influx of everybody uh, that wanting to be um, positively influenced by martial arts, uh, as well as those people who are looking to get fit for the new year. Um, yeah. So it's always always busy times. Um, the podcast at the minute, as, as yours is, is it's growing and evolving and um, really excited um, to, to, to continue with that and see where it goes. So yeah, great. Yeah, great, great times. Yeah, good man, good man, good man. So um, I like to like um, give a bit of backstory because you've been around martial arts quite a long time. You've done a lot. Um, <laughs> just give us yeah. a like. So where did it all start for Chris Jones? For me, um, late eighties. Um, th- depending on where I am in my memory, it's either eighty-seven or eighty-eight. It's okay. somewhere around there. You know, um, I was of that sort of karate generation. You know, uh, I I lived across the road from a, a martial arts. Well, it was actually a primary school. Yeah. Um, but I would see these people in the white crossover geese and the belts going in every Wednesday. And I said, what is that thing that they're doing? You know, or, anyway, so I, I didn't really think much of it. And then I saw the Karate Kid on TV and they were wearing the similar things. And I'm like, that's the thing that they're doing over there. <laughs> I want some of that. I want, you know, I want to be balancing on boats and doing crane kicks and doing all that sort of thing. And, um, and then about a week or two later, as fate would have it, the school in question was doing a demo at a summer fair and they were doing backflips and kicking boards and flying through the air and all this cool stuff. And that was me then. I wanted that. That's what I wanted in my life, uh, yeah. sort of eight, seven, eight years of age. And I um, badgered my parents like crazy. And initially, I just used to go in and sit at the back with my notepad and make notes and then go home and like practice on the trees in the garden and stuff like that. And my friends <laughs> about, about four weeks into it, bearing in mind that back then it was like two hour sessions on a Wednesday evening, you know, and, uh, the instructor sort of cottoned on to what I was doing. And he said, do you know what, do you know, do you not think you should maybe come and do a class next week? And the rest is history. So wow. oh, epic, epic. So I'll go back to the karate kid thing, which is kind yeah. of cooler. Did you want to be karate kid or do you want to be a member of the Cobra Kai? Oh no, I was I was karate kid. Oh, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was a good kid growing up. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, obviously, now as an adult, then I would straight up want to be Cobra Kai because that's the cool <laughs> side. Obviously, you know, yeah. That's the side to be on. And depending on how you look at that story, you know, 
It's, 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 you can look at it in two ways. You know, we get the story, don't we, from Daniel's side with the film. Yep. Well, if you think about it, he was the instigator in all of this. He was the one that turned up and tried to steal the guy's girlfriend and went and caused yeah. trouble on the beach. He was the one who put the water over the toilet. You yeah. know? So yeah. he was asking for it, really, wasn't yeah. he? He was the bad guy. <laughs> Bit of controversy. That's not like you, Chris Jones. <laughs> the, the real side of me now, you can. <laughs> so um, are you, you got into martial arts and... Um, I know you, you had a bit of a stunt career, didn't you? Or a stuntman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Tell it's, you a little bit about that. Where, where, where's that taking you? Well, the thing with that is, you know, um, I, I guess it was, I guess it was connected to the reasons why I, I initially got into my, I say initially, because obviously it's, it's always changing and growing, but initially when I got into the martial arts, it was through seeing obviously with the film and then, you know, the, the displays that the demo team for the school were doing. So I was sort of captured by the sort of performance physical aspects of the training, uh, less so at that time with the, with the sparring training and stuff. Yeah. That, that's another story altogether. But I, I think because that's what initially sparked my interest, I sort of ran with that. It was sort of, I don't know, my late teens, sort of 19, maybe 20, when I really started having a go at pushing. Now, I didn't have a clue. And I mean, the internet was in its infancy. So I was sort of making videos of myself and then um, sort of blagging addresses of people and just sending them to everyone and their cat and dog, you know. I think there was a point where there wasn't anybody involved in film or in martial arts that didn't have one of my videos. Nice. And, and I, just, I just pushed it like crazy. And sort of between 2000 and 2009, you know, I had some really cool opportunities to go off and do lots of different things. I, had, uh, I took a break at the end of 09. I was actually on a job um, when my son was born. Um, it, it, he decided he couldn't wait for the extra two weeks he was supposed to. I was actually in South London at the time and I got a phone call from my wife at 5.30 in the morning to say, I think you need to come back. <laughs> I'm in South London. What am I going to do? Um, so it was like a race against time to get back. Didn't quite make it. Um, but uh, yeah, that was at that point, something changed in my head and my sort of, my priorities shifted. Sure. Didn't want to be somewhere in the middle of China. Um, I wanted to be at home with a family. Yeah, um, so uh, it's it's not stopped. It's just the the direction changed a little bit, and you know I'm still doing bits here and there. And sure. I've actually got a couple of things coming up soon. So yeah, awesome, mate. awesome. And I know you've got you you have a lot of things going on in the the martial arts world now, which is awesome. And I know you've got your online training. Yep. Um, you're kicking. Uh, explain a little bit about that because um, I think this is like um, especially over in the UK. And we have a lot of podcast listeners across the world, but mm. in the UK. Um, it's starting to gather a bit of momentum now, the online world for yeah. us. We're a bit behind sometimes. Any of you American yeah. listeners, I totally yeah. get it. Um, yeah, you've yeah. been on it for ages, but um, we're a bit more, um, if you like, uh, reserved in the UK can be when it comes to this kind of thing. <laughs> um, guy's online, um, his online presence as well and his courses and stuff. Tell us a little bit about that because I think it's important that people know uh, and can appreciate something like that. Yeah, sure. So uh, to be honest, it's something that people have been asking me to do for a long time. You know, obviously when YouTube first came around, that was there was a platform there ready for everybody. But as is the case with a lot of people, and this is actually something I picked up from yourself and obviously through working with, with Matt Chapman as well. Um, but it was essentially just to get out of my own way because people were asking me to do it. And the reason that I wasn't doing it is I was, I was fearful of being judged. You know, if I put this out, are people going to say my sidekick is crap? Sorry yeah. if I can yeah. that. 
Um, you know, are people going to say this? Are they going to say that? And do you know what? Those people have been around and they have said these things, but there've been far, 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 far more people who've got on board with it and have found some benefit from it and have got in touch with me to say how it's helped them. Yeah. So now I, you know, I put all of my focus into those people. Yeah. The, the massive, the major turning point for me though was um, the, the early, I can't remember what it was. It was sometime last year. And I was actually at a, a, a charity event in Doncaster and I was just doing some, some, you know, what I would consider sort of basic sort of kicking work. And then somebody asked me to do something that I'd not done for it for a very long time. And, and I thought, well, there's an opportunity here because there was some kids there. And I said, look, I've not done this for years and I'm going to have a go. And it's quite, quite likely not going to work. Um, but the lesson from that is, you know, we'll always be willing to have a go and ch- keep challenging ourselves and don't be afraid of failure. So I threw this kick and lo and behold, I landed it and I wasn't ready to land it. Um, there was some big, you know, aerial over the top thingy. And as I landed, I just felt this horrific pain shoot up through my leg. And you know, as you do, you're on a workshop, you know, you're in black belt mode, didn't say a thing, just carried on. And it turned out that I'd severely, well, I don't know the technical terms for it all, but it was some sort of nerve damage through my leg. And um, the physio that I spoke to said, you know, you were within sort of, a very small amount of, of, of permanently wrecking your leg. Oh, right. um, and it was at that point where I decided that, you know, I need to have, uh, I need to have a video record of this that I'm doing this stuff that I'm doing because I could fall out of my chair tomorrow or, yep. and it's gone forever. And, and, and I'll have never recorded anything out of fear of being judged by others. And how ridiculous is that? So I thought, right, I'm going to set to it. And, you know, uh, I've just recorded all the different things I could think of. So now that record is there. Um, So now all I need to do is stay sat down. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But no, it's good. You know, it's recorded. It's there forever now. Yeah, which which is a great asset and something that, you know, I think many martial artists need to do. I teach a lot of courses and in, in the business world. And I try and teach people now, you need to create assets for yourself, something that we have all these wonderful skills. And, and, I, and I think we need to be recording every element of what we've learned and get it online so people can either view it for their pleasure or learn it and want to evolve, etc. But I think it's quite such a great asset, like online um, training. All martial artists should have their products and services online for people to consume. Because hmm. the information world is so huge now. It's massive. It's going to continue to grow because so many... So many people in this world want to learn now. Have you noticed how many people yeah. are like, they've got this hunger, haven't they? Yeah. It's because I was saying, of course, to my dad, I said, we've got, we've got kind of like this um, kind of free spirit world coming. You know, there's this like kind of new age, if you like. Yeah. People want to learn. They want to evolve. They don't want to stay where they are now. They kind of know there's more to life. Yeah. And, and I think it's a, it's a great opportunity now for martial arts schools, just like yourself, to, to go out and just, just film their stuff and get it out there and not fear judgment from others. Yeah. You know, I used to be the same, Chris. I totally get where you're coming from. You know, fear of being judged, fear of what other people say. The, rea- the, the reality is it's got nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Like what someone thinks about you is none of your business. Absolutely and right. I think you're probably learning that more and more now. Yeah. Um, so well done to you for getting that out there. Um, and, and, and I mean, is a kicking, it's who's it available to? Like who's it available to? Well, I mean, primarily when I first launched it, the idea was that I wanted to, uh, I actually started a Facebook group just before I did the videos. And originally it was sort of targeted at people sort of around a sort of similar age, sort of like you know, late 30s, early 40s, who've maybe been 
um, struggling with sort of hip or knee issues. And I, I, what I want to do is provide a, a means of, um, you know, here's the way that I've changed through my experiences and my, my challenges with various um, injuries and things. And this is how I've changed to be able to carry on doing what I've always done. Um, and just to say, look, there are options available. I, I was, you know, I had a knee injury and I was given the doom and gloom from the specialist who said I wouldn't be able to run and jump and kick or anything anymore. Um, and that was the best part 10 years ago now, and I'm still going. They also said that the op I had would last me about five years. That's 10 years as well. So yeah. I sort of de- redeveloped my training, you know, as you said, through learning, you know, um, getting out there on the internet now. Because you say we've all got these little things we'll carry around. Little, little, pocket, little pocket knowledge sources. You know, it's just it's like, it's like the world's knowledge it's all in there. Right. You know? um, and so I did, I did my research into, you know, what I could do to look after myself um, and, you know, sort of developed a training program. It's actually, funnily enough, based around basketball training okay. um, in the States through the, the rehab that they have for the same op because um, I saw a lot of similarities in the way they were moving. And um, yeah, I thought, well, I can share that with people. And then what's happened is it's over time, it's developed and, and actually become sort of more of a, um, a, a, a start point, sort of a resource for people to, to work on the basic elements of the kicking and then how to sort of take it from there. Because there are a lot of tutorials out there that are actually, they're not really tutorials. It's just like, um, this is a thing that I do, now go and do it. And it doesn't really, they don't really sort of, explain what it is that they're doing. So I try to sort of break the elements down. Uh, to, I, I'm, I'm, I like detail and to break it all apart. Um, and um, yeah, it seems to be going well. So Well done, mate. Well done. So you've been involved in how long are you at a martial arts school for now? Um, I've, had a, I've been teaching full-time for 20 years this year and I've had my own school for 16 years. Well done, mate. Awesome. And you've said a lot in your time. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you've been around and sometimes you can be controversial, which is what I love. And, you, you know, you've got your own opinion, which is, is absolutely awesome. You don't follow the crowd, which is a little bit like me, a bit of a maverick. Um, but I know you've been around the martial arts a long time and I know you have yep. your opinions. Where, where like... Where do you see the UK martial arts industry and, in fact, the worldwide martial arts industry um, as of 2019? Where do you see? Where do you, see, where do you think it is it here now, and where do you think it's going to go? Wow, that's that's a tricky one. It's I, I kind of feel I kind of feel it's a little bit of a turning point at the moment because the internet is is it's a brilliant thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, one of the things that it is providing is a little bit more transparency within the arts. Yeah. You know, gone are the days, I feel anyway, gone are the days where you can open up a school, claim to be a 10th level ninja, yeah. training up a mountain in Japan, and whereas in reality, you've never stepped foot out of, you, you know, your parents' basement in Rotherham, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think then the internet's sort of allowing that level of transparency so people now can can go out and look into things a little bit more. So yes. people are having to um, invest more time in their, their own personal training and, you know, be able to back things up, um, and, and which is a good thing, which is a good thing. Um on the other side, sometimes it can be, you know, um, a bit of a, we can, we can sort of like, we can create, and I, I've been guilty of this, I'll be honest, in the past I've put things and thought, ah, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that because although my motives were good, it just creates another level of negativity yeah. uh, for the industry as a whole, whereas we should really be putting out 
masses of positivity because we're, you know, we've, there's so much stuff out there now. I've got kids that train with me that do all the obvious things like football and rugby, but they've got like the table tennis and water polo and um, abseiling and all these things that were never even there when we were kids. So we need to be sort of like that positive beacon of yeah. awesomeness. Um, so where it's going a positive place I hope I, I, there seems to be a lot more positivity within the UK now mm. um, I was just this morning chatting to one of your friends and clients Andy Abernethy on, on, on my podcast and the, the transformation that he's had in himself and in his school this last 12 months to two years it's just been fantastic and hopefully we're going to see more of that now that's pers- personally what I, I, I would hope for yeah. um, and, you know a, a sort of a positive growth all around because um, yeah. there's something out there for everybody Really, I, th- I think so. Yeah, and watch it. Watch you know. You've been um, like the industry itself. I mean, there's been lots of. I think over the last few years, there's been some great, um, you know, great pulling together of different arts, which I think is amazing, isn't it? I mean, you see now. I mean, I was running a course the other day, and there's people from Taekwondo to Thai boxing to karate to the old school, new school. Doesn't really matter. No. They're really starting to come together, which I think is so so positive and such a great thing. Um, where do you see as like martial arts in 10 years? Wow. What does it look like as an industry teaching business wise? I would hope, I would hope it continues on this upper trend of um, an added element, added level of customer service and professionalism. I think a lot of people are scared by those two terms. Yeah. Um, uh, I think they, I think they, a lot of people often in this country anyway, um, and your American listeners will be well used to this by now, but over here, I think there's of, often this thing of, if you, if you use customer service or professionalism, you're, you're in some way selling out, selling out, you're, you're losing <laughs> the essence. You know what I mean? I don't, you're, losing, you're losing the essence of your art, but that's, it couldn't be further from the truth. No. You can have a good front end to your school, back end to your school, all that stuff, and still teach quality. And, and I, I hope that that upper trend continues to the point where it actually becomes normal. So within the next 10 years, you know, um, you know we see schools em- embracing all those really key elements that, that all the other industries are already doing. Like my, yes. my daughter's gymnastics school, you go in there, it's like a well-oiled machine of perfection. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, it, and, and it costs an absolute arm and a leg and no one bats an eyelid at it. You know? Whereas over here, we're still like, you know, and, and it's not judging. Everyone's free to charge what they want to charge. But I, I think sometimes people still charge what they charge because they're, they're fearful of, uh, of, of moving on. You yeah, know? retribution. Uh, I, I, I paid like £3.50 for my classes in 1987. There's still people doing that now, which is their choice. Absolutely. And I respect that. But as long as that choice is born out of a, a, a real reason why they're doing that, not because they're afraid yeah. to increase it, yeah. because of what somebody might say. Because, oh, you're not teaching martial arts now because you're charging for it. <laughs> it's a delusion, isn't it? Even Mr. Miyagi had people painting his fences and, and yeah. washing his yeah, cars. Ab- you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think in the UK industry, for instance, they, you know, we, we have got, we're so far beyond when it comes down to charge. You go to America, like minimum is $150 a month for two classes a week. It's life changing stuff at the end of the day. Yeah. And it changes your life because they get the value in the UK. I would love to see us, you know, really move up, uh, up 10 notches where, you know, instructors, I mean, we're one of the only 
industries in the UK around where the best people earn the least. I mean, how about <laughs> that? Like, that is a delusion, isn't it? Like, the best people, you look at the best martial artists in the UK, there are some real world-class martial artists in the UK. Yeah. Most of them earn the least amount of money from their arts. Yeah, and, and, and through fear, you're right, through fear, like, yeah, yeah, well, I just do it for the love of it. Yeah, so do the martial artists who earn money from it, they still do it for the love of it and earn money as well. And I think that that's, that's where you've got to get the, 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 the balance has got to be there for our yeah. industry. And I think martial artists, the old school, like for instance, the real good martial artists have to step up yeah. because they're, they are the forefront of actual martial arts. And if mm. they don't step up, they're going to get left behind, which would be a real shame for the arts. Yeah. You know, the purists, if you like. Yeah, that's it for me. I mean, I, I posted about this just recently Again, when you were mentioning a more controversial post. I try to do less of those these days, but sometimes... You shouldn't. You should be you. I just have to say it because, you know, it, for me, I, I was talking to Matt about this not so long ago. Um, it's not what you're charging that matters. You know, if your classes are £350 a class, let's say, you know, if if you feel that the content is uh, is worth that value, if you feel you're giving that value to that student, then that is what you've priced it at. It's when the ethics of it for me start getting a little bit wobbly when people start doing shady little things within their school. And and, and again, you can sometimes see this. Like some people will charge a small amount, like they say, "Oh, it's like four four pound a class," but then you've got this extra one hundred and fifty pound charge that we didn't tell you about when you first started. Uh, that we're going to keep getting you for every, and and yeah. that's when it starts for me a little bit like, yeah, I don't do that. Don't do that. You know, ki kids getting belts every two weeks and yeah. you know, parents getting a 50 quid bill for it. It's like, what? Well, it's just, yeah. For me, it, it, it's, it, there's a, there's a, there's a balance that we need to find. And I think sometimes people just push that a little bit too far. And that's for me when it sometimes starts getting a little bit. Right. Yeah. I think you get in all industry, you get sharks coming, yeah. you get good guys, bad guys. It's the same in any industry. And, and I think what's happened within our industry, many people are fearful to go and make money, like you said, and have a successful school for fear of retribution, people judging them, etc. But it's only judgment on the sharks. You can yeah. only be a bad martial arts school if you teach bad martial arts or you teach bad martial arts, if you like, and you charge a fortune and you, you basically con them and you're a set of like high level salesperson just ripping people off. That's yeah. different. Yeah. I fundamentally think the majority of martial arts school owners love martial arts and they actually yeah. want to provide a great service. Absolutely right. And there's nothing wrong with that and then charging accordingly to get what it you're worth, what you're worth in your school, what value you give in, you know, in relation to what you get. And I think that that is important. And I, I, do, I do believe you need to charge enough not only to survive, but to thrive. Absolutely. You can keep, keep reinvesting. You can support your family. You can support your own hunger, desires, wants, needs in life. And I think that's, you know, really, really important. You know? Absolutely. So true. I mean, I, um, I, I was charging too little for what I was given about two years ago. And it was after doing one of your courses. And I, we're only talking a small increase of sort of five and 10 pounds. But what we what we we've grown exponentially since then since increasing the prices we've actually grown and the really interesting thing is the school is a much happier place as well because we're attracting a very very different type of people now yeah 
And, you know, it was just, oh, God, it, was, it was, you know, everyone, listeners have been there before. Those constant things, those constantly moans about things going on. Now, don't get me wrong, they've not gone completely, but we've found that the place is a much more positive place now. Now that we've just revised our pricing a little bit, just to, you know, we just move things up a little, just only a small amount, but it, it's made a huge difference. You know, membership numbers are higher, um, retention's higher, I'm happier, which in turn is helping with all those other elements as well. And it's meaning that I'm now being able to, I, I'm now, well, I've been able to start a podcast because I can invest that time into that Yep. I didn't have before because I was running around like a lunatic doing everything. Yeah, um, we're you know we're about to take on an, uh, another staff member next month. That would have been absolutely no way an option two years ago. So, you know, it, it's it, charging sensibly is 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 good. You know, um, don't don't be don't be getting. You know, it's it's all very well. You know, you, you you've got your student pulling up outside in his Ferrari, and then you're you're he's struggling to buy yourself a can of beans. <laughs> totally back to front, isn't it? You know, it, it's um, you know you got to charge what you're worth, like you say, and in order to be able to continue to do what you love to do. It's absolutely. So, what's next for um, Chris Jones then? Oh, I don't ever know me day to day what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> no, um, the plan is um, well. I mean, as I say, it's 20 years this year since I started teaching full time, um, and it's it that I, I'd not really sort of it not entered into my head until this year when it landed, and I thought I've been doing this as a job for more than half my life. Yeah. Wow. Half my life. I'm 40 uh, next year, you know, and I just thought, wow, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, this isn't, this isn't in any way a negative thing I'm saying here at all. Now, I, right now I am enjoying the journey and I'm, and I'm loving it still, but I didn't want it to get to the point where in sort of five to 10 years time, I'm not. And so what I'm doing is I'm putting things in place now. Um, just in case, it's like a, like a plan B. I want, I don't, I don't want to be in five years time still teaching and not wanting to do it because that's, that's the worst possible thing for me and for the students and for the school. So, uh, I got started the podcasting. I've started the online training. I'm getting back into the film work again. Mm. I'm trying to find these things that, you know, I enjoy within it, the, the martial arts. I'm getting back into my own training again. I've become a white belt again in, in a couple of different systems and um, which has been brilliant. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to keep keep pushing the school forwards, and you know, uh, I, I remember when I'm, I'm we're actually five years into a ten year lease in the building we're in now, and I remember when we opened it, thinking, uh, "Wow, you know, my, my son will be you know nearly at the end of school when when we move out of here, be like a, a teenager," and uh, he just started school at that time, and say we're already five years into it. Wow! So you know, I'm hoping that he's maybe going to be in a position to to. To, to follow my path and, you know, maybe go into taking over the school. Um, yeah. So who knows, you know, he's, he, he's loving it right now, but he, he might, might find another path, which is absolutely fine. But you know, it, I, I'd, I'd love to have the school in a position where I can say to him, okay, take the reins um, and enjoy watching him taking it onto the next level. Yeah, it sounds good. Exciting, exciting. Well, um, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, Chris. Keep being controversial. Nothing <laughs> I'm not that bad. Jeez. In a good way. It's in a good way because, <laughs> you're, you know, you ask and probe and you yeah, totally. see things in a different way and um, you challenge people. You know, martial arts is a funny world, isn't it? It's a, isn't it just? <laughs> it, I always find martial arts is proper yin and yang, isn't it? 
Yes. Up and down, you know, we love it and sometimes we despise the elements of it. And oh, yeah. there's good, there's bad, there's ugly, there's, it's all in there, isn't it? If you look at martial arts, but you know what? Fundamentally, um, martial artists are really cool people. Mm. And um, yeah, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Great to speak really? to you, great to hear your insights. If anyone wants to see, listen to um, Chris's podcast, it is called. Uh, kick back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, and you can find us on everything on the internet. So, yeah, internet, go. uh, so you got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. There were there got two mail, sorry, two website addresses. So we've got kickbackpodcast.com or we've got martialartspodcast.co.uk. So either of those, you can get us, get in touch, send me emails. How cool is that? And also, your kicking online is called uh, onlinekicking.co.uk. Nice and easy to remember. Online I couldn't believe that nobody had got that yet when I got it. <laughs> How cool yeah, is that? Onlinekicking.co.uk. Um, uh, there are actually three different levels to it. So there's a sort of a complete course, um, and then there's one based on strength and control, um, and then one based on uh, pad drills. So uh, pad drills that I use in my courses and classes and things like that. So Awesome. Yeah. Great to talk to you, Chris. As Thank always, you. a pleasure. We yep. will catch up again soon, no doubt. Everyone listening, go and have a look at his podcast. Go have a listen. Go and... Search um, for his online kicking.co.uk courses and um, I'll speak to you on the next episode of the Martial Arts Business Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Martial Arts Business Podcast. You can follow Gordon personally on Facebook at Black Belt in Business. Also, join our free Facebook group, Martial Arts Business Mastery Community, for some great advice, tips and support on building your martial arts empire. Keep learning, developing and growing and you will become a black belt in business.